Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. God is good. He's on time and always on time. And we thank him for an opportunity to come to you today. This is just Antoine um, with uh, Quest for Authentic Manhood using um, the platform. Uh, Let's get growing, man. And we are on day 32. We are um, believing God to transform lives of men and and share with us how not only just share with us, but walk us along the way on how to be authentic man. And um, I'm, I'm elated with what he's doing and and how um, men's fraternity. He has blessed men's fraternity to come up with 33, the series. And it's just been a blessing to my life. Um, and I once I when, when I got turned on to it, I said, hey, you know what? I need to share this. I need to really get going and letting people know here's some information that will aid us in being the men that God has called us to be. And so I'm super uh, elated and uh, excited about it. And we're on our last session. We're in volume six and uh, session six, praise God. <clears throat> Pardon me. And we want God to really sp- speak to our hearts. Um, we're going to do this series again. Um, I don't know exactly how soon, but we got some other things coming up. And so let's get growing. It's not going to stop just because we're ending the series and we will do this again in, in, in group fashion. And, and so we're excited about that. But let us go ahead and, and say a word of prayer. Father, we just give you praise and glory and honor. We thank you, O Lord, for what you're doing in and through our lives, dear God. And so we ask that you will have your way today on our lesson, dear Father. Speak to our hearts, dear God. Let us know how to make the right decision when it comes to a man and his fatherhood, dear Father, and help us to minister to our families and serve our families to the best of our ability, dear God. And then you step in and use, allow us to use your ability, your anointing, dear God, oh Lord, to bless not only our family, <clears throat> but everything that's connected to us. And, and so we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor. We excited that you, oh Lord, have chosen us, oh Lord, to go through this, this series. And so we bless your holy and righteous name. Have your way in our lives, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And so we're excited. Um, We want you to go ahead and share um, this with someone. Be evangelistic. Amen. And share it with somebody and let them know that God has made a plan and has um, put some um, tools for us to use to be the best men that we can be. All right. Let's go ahead and get started with our series. Welcome, men, to session six. We started this journey in session one by looking at five foundational truths that are at the heart of biblical parenting. We learned that the family was God's idea, that fatherhood is a God-given commission, that fatherhood takes intentionality, and that wise fathers focus on the heart and are grace-dependent. Then we spent two sessions hearing from author Tim Kimmel 
Tim taught us about the role of grace in our relationship with our kids. He also showed us what true greatness is and how we can aim and shepherd our kids toward God's definition of success rather than the world's definition. Then in sessions four and five, we looked at the uniqueness of raising a son and raising a daughter. We heard from some great experts, some great wisdom from David Thomas, Stephen James, and Meg Meeker. This last session is called Decisions. In today's world, parents face both new and old challenges that call for wisdom and good judgment. So Brian is going to help us think through some of the key decisions we make as fathers and offer us some wise counsel for the challenges we'll face. In this session, I want to talk to you about some of the major decisions you'll face as a dad in raising your kids for true greatness. As you consider these decisions, there are some key things you'll want to keep on your mind and on your radar as a father. You're going to face some big choices as a dad, and we want to give you some wisdom on how to approach these moments of decision, how to approach them with humility, how to approach them with courage, and how to approach them with resolve. But there's something you need to remember for any key decision you make as a father. They always begin with a conversation with your spouse. There's almost nothing more important in raising kids than parental unity. You and your wife being on the same page with how you're going to raise your kids. Nothing is more confusing for a child than when mom and dad aren't on the same page. And nothing is more powerful than when mom and dad are unified and walking in lockstep as they parent and coach their children together. So be prepared to think through, initiate, and lead conversations with your wife about how you're going to raise your kids. Be proactive and take the initiative in this. Be aware and anticipate the transitions and hurdles that are around the corner so that you and your wife can get out ahead of what your kids are going to encounter. You have to get there before they get there. In today's culture, one of the first areas where you are going to have to make some decisions as a parent is in the area of technology. As we've all experienced, technology is advancing at an exponential pace. Four years ago, 38% of kids, eight and younger, had used a smartphone. Only two years later, that number jumped to 72%. Kids ages 11 to 14 spent on average 73 minutes a day texting, while kids ages 8 to 18 spent on average seven and a half hours using some form of media in a given day. The new reality is that we have instant access to technology, screens, smartphones, and social media. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And this can present challenges that parents in previous generations didn't face. Your parents and grandparents didn't have to deal with technology addiction or internet gaming disorder or obscene and offensive material that's just one click away. The bottom line is this. You and your wife are going to have to decide 
your family's relationship with technology. How much screen time are your kids allowed to have each day? When and who gets a Facebook or a social media account? At what age can the kids have a smartphone? Who's going to monitor your kids' texts and instant messaging? All of those are great questions for you to think about as a parent and to talk through with your wife. One great thing you can do is model responsible use of technology. Have the ability to turn off your own phone and engage in family activities. Don't be the half-dad, the dad who only offers half of his attention to anything. Live in the real world, not just the virtual world. A final thing you can do is to be proactive with technology rather than reactive. Play offense. Lay some ground rules and guidelines for your kids before technology becomes a problem. Be ahead of the curve and know how to implement software. Keep your kids from going anywhere they want online. And don't assume that your kids will be able to self-regulate, have the same capacity for discipline that you have. They won't. Boundaries are healthy, normal, and needed. So play offense and create some ground rules that can guide your family and protect your kids. Another area where you may need to make some decisions and exercise some parental wisdom than the area of friends. The friends your kids have during the first 18 years of their lives will help shape who they are. Healthy friendships are beneficial to kids in all kinds of ways. They help them have fun, deal with stress, learn conflict resolution, and learn how to interact appropriately with their peers and with the opposite sex. Some of your kids' best memories will be formed with their childhood friends. We all know that kids' friends can be a positive influence, but they can also be a negative influence. Proverbs 13 and 20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. We as fathers need to be aware of how influential friends can be for our kids, especially during the preteen and teenage years. You and your wife will want to come to an agreement in some key areas. How much time are your kids allowed to spend with their friends? With whom and how long are they allowed to stay out at night? Where do you stand in regard to sleepovers? And when will your children be allowed today? The challenges today aren't necessarily the same as they were when you were young. So don't just by default run the same play that your parents ran. Some of the worst things I ever was exposed to as a kid were at a friend's house. You may have a firm handle on technology with some great rules, but your kids' friends may not or their parents may not. So exercise wisdom and leadership in this area. Equip your kid to recognize worthy friends how to be a worthy friend themselves. Be willing to courageously step in when there's a negative influence and encourage your kids toward good quality friendships. Talk about it with them. The truth that it's often someone other than mom and dad, a significant third person who can make the gospel come alive for our kids. This could be their mature friends or maybe a trusted youth pastor or a relative, or a close friend of the family. 
pray that God brings quality mentors and friends into your kids' lives at the right time and expose your kids to quality, trustworthy people other than just mom and dad. A third area where you'll have to make some decisions is in regard to schools. Many families will have a choice when it comes to where they can send their kids to school. Will you send your kids to public school, a private school, a charter school, a Christian school, or will you keep them home and educate them yourself in a home school? There is no one right decision when it comes to education. And there are many things to consider, like the quality of the schools in your neighborhood, the costs, how God has wired your children to learn, and a host of other factors. A good rule of thumb is to reevaluate every kid every year. What worked last year may not be the best this year. Where your daughter excels may not be the best environment for your son. You and your wife, strategically thinking through each kid each year, will help ensure you have the best plan in place for them. It's also important to remember that a school is not primarily responsible for our kids' education. No, it's not their job, it's our job. Educating our kids on life and imparting the knowledge and skills they need for life is primarily the responsibility of parents. That's not something that's outsourced. Now, a school can be an incredibly helpful tool and a supplement to the culture and environment we are creating in our homes. But if we expect schools to assume the role of a parent, we'll be disappointed every single time. And nothing is more rewarding and more fun than walking alongside your son or daughter and preparing them for life. A fourth area where you'll want to make some decisions is in the size of your family. How many kids will you have? And when will you have them? Of course, it's important for us to remember that this ultimately isn't under our control, but God's control. And that should provide us with great comfort. God ultimately decides whether, when, and how many children are a part of our family. If the size of your family is not what you planned or hoped, you can trust that God doesn't make mistakes. Like Romans 8 and 28 says, he works all things for good for his children. The number of kids in your family right now is a part of his story for your life in this season. Now, like all of these decision points, family size is an area where you'll want to be on the same page with your wife. Differing expectations on family size can quickly become a source of bitterness for a spouse. Get out ahead of that. Pray about it together. We should be open to God's plan for our family, not just our plan. A good rule of thumb here is not to let personal freedom and greater discretionary income be the only factors in that decision. Our spouse's desires should play a major role, and so should prayer. So make sure you are having open conversations with your wife. In the early and middle years of marriage, family size should probably be an ongoing conversation, something that's being revisited again and again. You and your wife will also want to talk about and think through both how and when you're going to prevent pregnancy and how and to what extreme you're willing to go make pregnancy happen. Find the godly men in your church who've already dealt with some of these issues 
and seek their advice. As dads, we'll also want to lead and decide how our family spends its discretionary time. Life is different today than 50 years ago when the default was for most families to spend most of their time together at home. Today, technology and an increased standard of living has had two effects that have radically changed family activities. On the one hand, families today have more discretionary time to take vacations, enjoy longer weekends, travel, and participate in an endless number of activities. But on the other hand, this endless number of potential activities, this ability now to travel and commute, and the way technology can fragment our attention, can make it a real fight to have unrushed, unharried, quality time together. So you and your wife need to determine the rhythm and the activities that are going to define your family's time together. To what degree are you willing to allow your kids to be active outside the home? Will you have a sit-down family meal every night? How many sports will your kids play? You don't have to do competitive soccer just because everyone else is. Count the cost of those decisions. Don't just do what everyone else is doing without even thinking about it. Some of the best advice we can give you when it comes to family activities and rhythms is to create an environment of fun. This is the game changer. If your wife and kids are having significant moments of fun with you, it makes everything else easier. If you've had fun with your kids, they'll probably be more responsive to tough conversations or discipline because they know you are for them and you know how to have fun with them. Fun is a trust-building activity, and trust is a priceless commodity in any relationship, especially in parenting. Being a dad for 20-plus uh, years, there's things I'm, I'm still learning. I think you're always in this, this place where you're growing as a, as a dad. But as I think about that 20 years and, and really what I've learned and really what stuck out to me, it's really a, a simple truth, but I'll tell you, it's a hard truth. And that is how important it is as a dad to really enjoy your kids, to have fun with your kids. And I know that sounds simple. It doesn't feel very complex. It feels like a no-brainer, but... I know early in my journey as a as a father, what happened to me is my hectic schedule, my my crazy pace in my ministry, it really choked the joy out of my fathering. I, I wasn't enjoying my kids like I wanted to or what I needed to. I, I was there with my kids, but I wasn't really there. And what I've come to really learn is really just how important it is that we spend time with our kids and we enjoy them, we laugh together, we celebrate life together, and how critical that is to creating this special bond that we can have with our kids. And I'll tell you, that really doesn't happen by accident. You, you have to be intentional in creating those moments where you can enjoy each other. It, it could be going to a movie together, uh, having lunch together, planning a hunting trip together. Uh, there's all thing, kinds of things you can do together to enjoy one another. The, the key word there is together, that you're spending time together with your kid, enjoying each other, enjoying life together. And what that does is it builds this bond that is strong where your kids 
don't just love you as their father. While that's important, they like you as their father. And so as they launch off uh, to college or they move out, they want to come back and they want to spend time with you because they enjoy their relationship with you. And so I, I think it's so important for dads to learn how to spend time with your kids and really enjoy that relationship because it'll pay dividends in the years ahead. You'll also want to make some decisions about the spiritual rhythms of your family. Like we've said in other volumes of 33, all of us as husbands and fathers have a responsibility to develop our family spiritually. This could look like leading family devotions or having informal spiritual conversations with our kids or making church a high point and positive experience each week. It won't look the same for every family. Some dads create a family mission statement. Other dads are intentional to share their spiritual history with their kids or to pray with their kids every night before bed. Regularly spending some time with your kids each night before they go to sleep is one of the most powerful things a dad can do. However you do it, you'll never regret making ongoing intentional spiritual deposits into your family. I think one of the greatest challenges as a father is, is how do you disciple your kids? And I've had successes in that and I've had failures in that. I, early in my fatherhood, I felt like discipleship was really about creating this moment once a week where I worked through a Bible passage. I prayed with my kids and, and it's not that those are, are bad things in and of themselves, but what I experienced in that is it wasn't life giving to my family. Uh, it, my kids weren't interacting with that. And so what I began to do as a father to really disciple my kids is I began to integrate the gospel into every aspect of life. It's about going through your day and talking with your kids about Jesus, about his grace, about the gospel, where it really becomes a dialogue. It's a way of life where I'm able to coach my kids in everyday decisions about relationships. And I'm just constantly bringing them back to who Jesus is and what he says about those moments. And as I've been able to do that, what it's really helped my kids do is begin to connect the dots between life and the decisions and the things that go on and the complexity of life and what Jesus has to say about life. And I think sometimes when we, when we kind of boil discipleship down to a, a devotion that happens once a week, we really miss those life-changing moments that all of our kids go through, particularly in the teenage years, where we can bring the gospel to bear on who they are and what they're experiencing in life in a way that I think really can be uh, transforming to them in a way that's powerful and clear. Sixth decision point you'll inevitably face as a parent is how to handle discipline. We're not going to tell you which specific discipline strategy to adopt. But we do want to give you a principle to help guide you. Here it is. Discipline should be fair, age-appropriate, consistent, and restorative. As fathers, we must be careful not to over-discipline our children or to discipline them for the wrong reasons. In fact, the Bible explicitly cautions fathers against this. In Ephesians 6 and 4, we read, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Men, 
you're probably going to be tempted at times to discipline your children out of anger. When they disobey, you're probably going to be tempted to take it personally. And therefore, you're also going to be tempted to discipline your children personally. And this inevitably makes our discipline unfair and inconsistent. Fight this temptation. It will diminish trust. Like we said in session one, don't just play the short game of trying to shape your kids' external behavior. Play the long game of trying to shape their heart. And whatever form or strategy of discipline you and your wife adopt, make sure you're both on the same page and that it's something you both consistently support. The final thing we want to talk to you about today, it's not about decisions that you'll make, but it's the ideal of equipping your kids to be able to make wise decisions themselves. And there are two specific Bible verses we want to point you to. The first is Proverbs 9:10, which says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This verse brings us back to one of the main points of this whole volume. True wisdom comes from knowing God and living in right relation with him. That's true for us as dads, and it's true for our kids. The ultimate goal of parenting is not to impart the perfect knowledge or skills, or to just create productive, self-sufficient citizens. The ultimate goal of parenting for the authentic man is to raise a God-fearing, grace-depending, Jesus-following adult who will be a bright light in this world and bless others. And the best way we can equip our kids for what life will throw at them and the decision they'll have to face is to point them to the ultimate source of wisdom, Jesus Christ. In Colossians 1, the Apostle Paul says of Jesus that all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Teaching our kids that Jesus is the ultimate source of all things, including knowledge and wisdom and life and goodness, is the best thing we can do for our kids. Just like us, only when our kids know him and are walking with him will they be able to see the world rightly and make truly wise decisions. The second verse we want to point you toward is Psalm 119.105, where the psalmist says to God, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. For the psalmist, wisdom was found in the word and promises of God. God had revealed himself and revealed truth to us through his holy scripture, the Bible. And it's the Bible that can help light your family's path in a difficult world and equip your kids to be able to make wise decisions. It is the ultimate source of truth. We want our kids turning to daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly. And probably the best way you can impart a love for the Bible to your kids is to have a love for it yourself and for them to see that it helps you make wise decisions. Now, all that we said in this session, in this volume, may sound like a lot. One of my biggest concerns in sharing all these decision points with fathers that they'll feel overwhelmed with all they have to do. Like me, you may be thinking, how in the world am I going to do all this well? Don't worry, you can't. That's why you need the grace and goodness promised in the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus died on the cross to offer us grace for when we fall short as fathers, and we will. He also promised to provide us strength for all the good works that he's prepared for us to walk in. And this includes raising our sons and daughters. We want to end this session and this volume in the same way the author of the book of Hebrews ended his letter. After exhorting his readers for 12 chapters to fight the good fight of faith, he offered this prayer, which is our prayer for you. Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. All right, guys, that's it for this volume of 33. But it's really just the beginning for you and I as we go seek to live out what we've learned about fatherhood. Now is the time to create your personal action plan. In the very back of your training guide, you're going to see a page that lays out your plan. All you have to do is go back at the end of each of your sessions and record your strategic moves for each particular session and put that in the personalized action plan. It's going to serve as a roadmap in the future. We hope that this volume has been helpful and has encouraged you and accelerated you in your journey toward great fatherhood. We've tried to expose you to some of the best frameworks, people, and resources that are out there when it comes to parenting. But your journey to great fathering doesn't stop here. All of us can be continual learners when it comes to raising a family. So keep reading. Keep putting yourself around other like-minded men who are trying to be great dads. Rewatch this series. Find a mentor who can give input into your stage of parenting. And guys, don't stop there. Share what you've learned here with other men. Take a group of dads through this series and encourage them in their fatherhood. Introduce them to the resources and concepts that have just blessed you. You'll find that Jesus was right. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And your journey to authentic manhood doesn't stop here either. How a man leads and relates to his family is, of course, a key part of authentic manhood. But there are other key components as well, such as a man's marriage, a man's story, a man's work, a man's design, and how a man deals with traps and temptations. We've devoted volumes of 33 to each of these core issues. And our hope is that you'll use these resources as you pursue authentic manhood and that you'll take other men with you on that journey. Authentic manhood is about living a life of truth, passion, and purpose. It's about rejecting passivity, accepting responsibility, leading courageously, and investing eternally. It's about following our model for authentic manhood, Jesus Christ, who is a life-giving spirit in both his life and resurrection. So live with passion, initiate for the benefit of others, follow Jesus. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I'm telling you what some good information will do to and how it will bless your life if you apply it to your life. Um, this has been a great journey. I, I missed on yesterday, but we're, we're grateful for God that we're uh, closing the series out right now. Um, but 
like I said, you're not in it alone. We're here for you. We will be going over these uh, sessions again, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I just need to get some men together. So if you can help me uh, help men um, become the man that God has called them to be, then uh, I want you to reach out to me. Let me know that you're 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 on my side to um, be evangelistic and and reach out and because this is what's going to change men. This is what's going to change men: a relationship with God, and then equip them with some tools on how to be effective and and authentic men uh, for God. We are going to make mistakes all the time and do the wrong things. But when we know that we have the grace of God, that means we can get back up and start again. Right. Um, and 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 so uh, I'm, I'm thankful for God's grace in my life. I thank him for always being there for me. I thank him for the passion that he has placed on my heart for others. And um, my expectations are extremely high. And so I want to give you a glimpse. We, we're going to start. I have a radio station. And so um, I also have a television station and um, my partner and I. And, and so we're going to start off with uh, doing a series probably next week. We're going to uh, do a Christian. Uh, we have a Christian radio station and um, I'm going to start a a, uh, a a a two hour just uh, radio jam talk show. And we're going to, you know, have some good music and some good conversation. And one of the television um, shows that I'm going to do is called Let's Get Growing Man. Um, it's not called Let's Get Growing Man. <laughs> that's, that's that's what we're doing now. But it, it's called um, What's Your It? Let's Talk About It. And and I want to bring people on to, to this. And we're going to start it off with a segment on the radio station where we're bringing people in and we're listening to the various aspects of their lives. And then we're going to bring in some, some um, people that have, have degrees in that area. So we're going to have experts in talking to us about life and the different things that it throws at us. And, and so uh, I'm really excited about it. I know that um, it's going to change people's lives and how we view people um, in our lives, because, you know, there's so many things that's going on in this, in our nation, in our world that we really just don't know. We don't know how to, how to handle it. We don't know how to deal with it. We, we don't understand people's perspectives. And when we have ignorance, it, it can lead to stupidity. We start doing things that don't make sense because we just don't know. And so that's one of the goals for that is to put people in the know and and give people a a uh, some information so that they can make a, a intelligent decision about how they're going to respond to the different things that's going on. And so, um, um, like I said, I'm excited about it. Um, I got so many things going on. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be sharing those things. I'm going to be sharing those things. I'm, I'm going to be uh, eliciting help those that want to join in and and partner with some things. Um, we'll give you some of those opportunities as well. Um, it's just really, really amazing. It's amazing. But we because we serve an amazing God 
And so um, we're going to continue with Let's Get Growing. We're just going to have some um, sessions where you can come in and you can ask us questions. Um, you, you can put topics if you want to talk about something um, about your struggles or somebody you know that's struggling with certain things and we need to talk about that. Drop me a line in the inbox and we'll, we'll, we'll get that in. And if I need to bring some help and some big guns in to assist us in getting that information, we'll do that because, um, you know, I believe God wants us in a no. I want him, I believe that he wants us to, um, know how to operate through this life and how to deal with things successfully. And, and so he's, he's put resources in our lap and, and around us that we can tap into. And the most important resource is his Bible, right? And having a good understanding. And he has given us his Holy Spirit so that we can discern um, the truth and, and get the truth and allow that truth to set us free. And so uh, I'm elated. I'm excited about everything that God is doing. And I'm looking forward to getting growing some more. This is just Antoine. I'll see you at the top. Bye for now.